Hello and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. Friday the 15th of April was the date our season finally fizzled out as we were dumped out of the Champions Cup by a 14-man sale team. With the tricky away leg successfully navigated last week, our expectations were high, but the result was perhaps a new low for this season. Here are our thoughts on the selection tactics and player performances. Looking ahead though, we'll also preview Friday's game against Gloucester at the gate with our friends from the Cherry Jam podcast. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Pete and Lee for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, gentlemen, we are doing this remotely because uh, it's the Easter weekend. It's Easter Sunday. We're recording at our normal time. Um, And uh, I'm down in Cornwall. And uh, Pete, I don't think you're a million miles away from me, are you? No, a bit like uh, what we've been promised all season about Bristol's form. Not a million miles away, Toad. I'm in South Devon, my uh, back down at my caravan. Um, I'm actually sat in my awning. Uh, it's a little bit cold, so I'm I'm wearing a pair of welly boots, and I'm in. A, I borrowed someone's dry robe because they're all the rage down here. So just just to clarify, then you're just sitting there with a dry robe and some Wellington boots on. That's it. Nice. <laughs> Nice. And uh, Lee, you, uh, you've had quite a day today. Um, big charity event. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in, uh, in the show. But uh, how are you feeling, mate? Are you a bit on the tired side? Yeah, I mean, a little bit tired, Tony. I mean, obviously guilty. I didn't, I didn't manage to, uh, to get to church today, obviously, on Easter Sunday, as I normally would. Um, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling quite tired after a, a long walk and uh, recuperating with a, a glass of red wine. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's uh, let's chat about that uh, a little later on. Of course, for our regular listeners, will realise that Rip Curl Clark is not with us. Uh, in fact, he's got a new nickname. I think after Friday, and that's Raging Rip Curl Clark. Uh, I think he was so animated, he, he actually used Twitter at half time, and uh, it's remarkable he managed to, to to actually find the icon, Pete. It was incredible. It was, uh, you know, I think I think he got a blue tick for it. Not not for like the volume of followers he's got, but just for the the fury that was coming out of it. It was a, maybe it was a red tick. <laughs> well, uh, I've got to say, I wasn't at the game, so uh, I'm quite fortunate. I managed to watch it in the comfort of uh, the the holiday place that I'm I'm staying at. Um, but before we talk about the game, Pete. What, what were your thoughts on the team selection when it came out on Thursday? And I suppose bearing in mind, it was pretty similar to the to the squad that did the job uh, up at the AJ Bell the week before. Well, on a personal level, I was a bit disappointed because I had said last week in the pod, and, and also I, I had the um, honour of being on the scrum on Tuesday night, and I repeated the claim was that I didn't want to see the same uh, squad. I wanted to see us go heavy from the start, try and get a lead, smash them out, not get into some sort of cagey uh, arm wrestle, uh, and then and and then you know manage the game after that. So after my big proclamations about that, um, I was I saw that Pat had completely the opposite idea, and uh, yeah, it was I was a, I was a little bit disappointed. I, I obviously understood that. Of course, you Tony, the voice of reason, had said that you thought that. 
they would do that. Um, it was, as I said, pretty much what we thought. And then, of course, it was a little bit disappointing very close to the start of the game when uh, it was announced that Chris Vui wasn't going to start and Fitzharding had come in and Hawkins onto the bench. And I, I did, did kind of get a little kind of shiver of fear went over me when I heard that news. Yeah, and... Um... You know, it still still looking at the team. It, it, it was a pretty strong twenty three. Lee, first half. Um, you know, I think we got to to about uh, twenty odd minutes. Um, you know, we we traded a couple of penalties. It was three all, um, and then there was the Faf de Klerk uh, yellow card. Uh, how did you see that from the stands? That uh, that incident. Yeah, I think we were a little bit baffled, to be honest, Tone, in the in the stands because, uh, I mean, we we thought that you know basically we'd scored a, a legitimate try um, at that point, and then it wasn't it wasn't very clear um, what was going on. I mean, we didn't didn't get anything on you know in regards to what was coming back, um, and then obviously like um, you know she did kick the. the you know the the points we thought was a conversion and ended up being a penalty. So I mean, it was there was a lot of con- um, a lot of kind of well confusion what was going on. Um, but obviously, you were watching this on the TV, weren't you? So you were able to probably pick it up uh, and make sense of it more immediately than than what we would have been in the stand. Yeah, yeah. I suppose with the benefit of watching it on the TV, you knew he was playing the advantage and. Um, uh, did come come back. You could see that um, that Fitzhardin. There was a slight knock on, but it was caused by the penalty. But I suppose you know the 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 events were such that um, you know he was playing ad- advantage, and then a split second later the ball was knocked on. So I think I think it was the right mm-hmm. decision. And uh, it, but it was just really unfortunate, wouldn't it? Because you know you talk about turning yeah. points in games if we had gone and scored that would confidence have been up and uh, you know would would we maybe have had a slightly better result but uh, you know Faf goes it's funny off. how many times have we said that this season now oh yeah I, 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 and it, it is a game of fine margins isn't it margins again and you know it was was at that point could have been, made a huge difference yeah, yeah. Well, the, I mean, the, the irony of all that thing was that try wasn't given. We get a penalty, and then in that ten minute period, they they score a converted try yeah. and a penalty. Uh, and you say turning points. That was quite a big turn the wrong way, wasn't it? Uh, just on that that split second situation. Yeah. It was a, what was it a net? A net four, Pete. Net, it was no, a, it was a it was a net it was a net minus seven. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, I think on the half hour point, uh, well, we, we we'd coughed up a lot of possession, hadn't we? The the line out wasn't wasn't working. Uh, we weren't applying any pressure. I think um, Luke Diaga scored, didn't he? They kicked down to the corner. Um, uh, they scored that try, and again, it was interesting seeing it on the telly. Dave Atwood with the black arch trying to uh, make it look like he hadn't grounded it, lifted his arm up, but uh, you know it was a great try for them. Um, and then, um, so, so you just you just said the line out wasn't working. That is the politest thing I think anyone could have ever said about that line out on Friday night. 
Well, well, had an absolute shocker. It, it it was, and it you know we had the same week, uh, same didn't we? The week before with Brian Burnley, yeah. you know we we, yeah. we get some position, we get some penalties, we get it down into their twenty two, and then we butcher it and. You know, I th- I, I, there's been so much on social media, hasn't there, over the last couple of days? But but one of the mantras, you know, when we we when Pat came in, was about being world class at the basics. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, over the last few weeks, months, uh, we've been average at some of the basics as far as rugby's concerned. Um, but they, they, they go and score, so it's 10-3, and then we had the um, the read red card. Now, uh, Pete, maybe if I come to you, um, you know, what uh, did that look like an instant red to you from uh, from the stands? <laughs> well, I've got to be honest, Tone, I'd gone to the toilet at that point, <laughs> so I was down underneath the dolman. So I was, I was, I was down. Actually, no, I went to buy a pint. I was so incensed by uh, uh, various things. I think the line out, and, and I was in the queue, and I heard some sort of ooh, ah, ooh, and I wasn't sure where, where it's going. And then, then we heard a massive cheer, and I, and then I came back on, and I, I came on to see Aaron Reed sort of trotted off, and, and I think that big cheer was the thing that kind of incensed all of the pundits that don't actually pay to go and watch games of rugby, um, because we got slammed, didn't we, the Bristol fans for cheering the red card um, by Yeah, I believe I, which is kind of I can understand it from a kind of uh, purist's rugby values point of view but you know we if you look at it in context Bristol fans are, are, have been pretty annoyed in recent weeks about various decisions and the guy you know why do we not cheer a red card the guy went in and nearly took his head off with his shoulder so you know what do we what do you say oh well unlucky mate I mean, it was that, you know, and they were saying, oh, he got it wrong. It's like he went in. All of these players at the moment deserve nothing but, uh, you know, but then then um, criticism because they're going in with their shoulders high. And what do you expect is going to happen? You know, it's like, so I'm sorry, but I, I disagree with that. He, sh- he was he was cheered on his way because it was a bad tackle and it was one of many bad tackles in that game. Mm. And I feel sorry for the refs because they're having to kind of pick through this sort of thing at the moment. And I don't appear to see any, did not appear to see any change in player behaviour across lots of teams at the moment and they're all going oh Ollie Chesham shouldn't have had a yellow against you know blah 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 it's like sorry boys but you go in with your shoulder you know you, you've got to take it on the chin well literally and, well, that's most of them and without diversifying too much but that, that sorry, for yeah. me is the whole reason why, tw- why, why the 20 minute red cards won't yeah. work because it, it just it, it doesn't do anything to, to kind of coach players into tackling better does it it just means you make a bad tackle you're off for 20 minutes and this you know well you know as we know in on friday night we had no advantage from from the clerk going off and you know it yeah it just for me it's a complete no-no it's just going to be more bad tackles and someone's going to get seriously hurt at this at this rate yeah so uh they 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 take the lead against you know uh, They're down to 14 men. I I, I was sitting there watching it uh, on the tally thinking, right, well, we just got to bide our time now and, uh, you know, we'll we'll make this advantage count. And then uh, we couldn't even get to half time without uh, conceding another try. So again, I think it was set piece that was struggling, kicks to the corner um, and Van der Merwe 
just well, he just popped out of the mall, didn't he? And uh, untouched, uh, ran in to make it uh, seventeen points to three uh, at half time. And Lee, what 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 was the feeling in the stand there at uh, at half time? Yeah, I mean, I think that the the kind of attitude in the in the stands were a little bit like I, I'd say probably despondent was quite a good word to use um, you know it, it points when Bristol doing well they, they were up the fans were up but I think at that point we were just I mean the, the people that go down there every week were just thinking oh, here we go again you know what I mean and I, I really don't know what was happening with those with the tactics that we deployed after you know when when Sal were, were down um players because we just seemed to, to just go narrow and it, it just it, it was almost like oh my god here we go again and 17 free I, I, I at that point I'd already thought what the games the games lost and that was the irony of what we were saying last week on the part about having your best players start in the game mm. um, I, I gotta say I, I, mean? I didn't yeah I, I mean I I, I was with you, Lee. We was we were next to each other, and we were despondent. You're right. I mean, there was one guy next to us who was already raging, and that was Rip Curl, because I think that was when he put his tweets out um, <laughs> about being raging. Um, but I I gotta say I wasn't like quite as despondent as you. I, I was a, I was very annoyed with the way that first half had gone. I was I was I was angry about the sloppiness, particularly with the faff ten minutes. But I did feel that they, and I thought, well, hang on a minute, they've lost them. They're down to fourteen men. Okay, yeah, they did, they did score after that. But yeah, we can. That came from a knock on and a whatever. But we have now got this bench, and I suddenly thought, you know what? Now I'm really pleased we've got this bench to come on. Um, so actually, I wasn't that despondent. I was, I was thinking, you know, we'll win this. We are going to win this now because this is the whole point. <laughs> this is the whole point of having this bench. And not only have we got a bench, we've got. A man advantage. So, how much more do we want <laughs> to win this game? How much more do we need? So, I was, I was actually kind of um, optimistic. I've got to say, in a kind of angry sort of way, if that's possible. Yeah. But equally, with that bench, we were starting forty points down. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, so, yeah. but that was the point. It, is what you know? If there was ever a time to have a strong bench, this was the time to have it and a man advantage. So even though I didn't agree with having a bench like that, that was my whole point. Then we got yeah, to that I'm, point. I thought, okay, right, now's the time. <laughs> you know, I'm really happy that I'll eat my words after the game when I said they should have started with the bench. Blah blah blah. I'm now really, really happy to be wrong. And of course, yeah. Anyway, and then uh, and then we we start the uh, the second half, and uh, after twelve seconds, Roebuck goes in after again that real mess up on the oh, restart. And okay. how many times, Pete, have we talked about this? You know, our inability to deal with restarts, um, and you know, all of a sudden it's twenty four points to three. Um, that was the moment I then I, I that was the moment I then got quite despondent. I've got to agree, and and I and I I got to say I think I did swear, and uh, I, I don't like. I, I, what annoyed me was that it made me swear. There was like some nice young girl in front of me, and I felt a bit bad about it. But it's that's what they did to me. That's yeah, what they did. The thing like, is, how I mean, could it, that happen? Yeah, but the, no I mean, excuse. the reason to to be fair, I mean, you you, you don't. 
you don't normally swear, to be fair, Pete, do you? But it, it was one of those, the, se- the season the season is falling apart. That, that was our big game. That was our biggest game this season. And it's falling apart in front of our eyes. And, I mean, you'd have to be pretty, you know, you, you basically have to take the mic up not to swear watching that. Yeah, and... Um... Then, of course, I think about six, seven minutes, they, they get a yellow card, so they're down to 13 men. Um, and well, actually, Tone, before you get to that, yeah. I'm just looking at the actual minute by minute. We then, um, after their try, we then thought we'd scored. About four minutes later, Charles Piertow. Um, yeah. And it was a forward pass. Oh, yeah, yeah. From she, Callum she, Sheedy, she, do you remember that? She did to Piertow, yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, that was, that was kind of then even more, I thought, this is not going our way. Because we can't even pass it straight, let alone we've bought our big guns. What's the point of bringing your big guns on and putting the wrong ammunition in him? Essentially, I just put it. So I, that I was head was in hands by then. I got to say, yeah, because I think by that point we'd probably bought on you know four four of the bench um, already. Yeah, no, I think I think Piertau came on at half time, didn't he? And then um, P- P- uh, yeah, Piertau came on at half time for Rich Lane who had probably been one of our best players. Yeah, yeah, so he was. figure that out. And then I think Semi and Steve, so Captain Fantastic, came on after that no try, um, after the, the uh, forward pass. That's right, Ran Randra, I think Luatua and um, yeah. Jan Thomas came on. Then, of course, yeah. Haw- Hawkins and Piatau at half-time. Uh, yeah, so we... We butcher that. Um, they get the the man yellow carded on forty seven minutes, but then uh, then we did actually for ten fifteen minutes. I suppose you can argue it was only against thirteen men. Step up, um, starting uh, Pete with that Thacker try. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean that gave me some hope. I mean that would hope because it was actually a driving mall, um, which work for once um, and Sheedy converted it um, we were 10-24 they were down to 13 um, and actually yeah that was off 49 minutes uh, yeah <laughs> I mean I suppose then I thought okay <laughs> now's the time because uh, my head came out of my hands for a little bit and I surveyed the scene and the crowd were going and I thought despite everything despite all the misery so far all the mistakes we've now got back into it it's uh, 10.24, we've got, we've got two-man advantage. We've just nailed them on a line-out mall. It cannot go wrong from here. Yeah, and of course then uh, then we saw Morahan uh, score his try, 17.24. Yeah. Um, and uh, Lee, let me come to you. Joycey, I mean, fantastic effort by him, wasn't it? A spin off that tackle. Uh, and, oh, and get the ball over the line. Sixty-two minutes, twenty-four all. Yeah, it, I mean, it was. We did have a spell there, but I, I still, you know, without putting too much of a dampener on it, I, I just felt we were probably up ourselves in discipline. I don't. I think that they they gave us the opportunities to be able to capitalise on that. I don't think it was necessarily we were we were playing that fantastic. Um. But Joyce was immense again. I mean, if there's one guy that's this stood out this season, um, you know, just as a leader, it's been Joyce, isn't it? In the, in the games that, you know, we've needed players to step up, Joyce has been there every time. And it was, it was class, wasn't it? And yeah, at that point then, you are starting to think, well, okay, by, by hook or by crook, we've got 
back into the game and we've got what 18 18 20 minutes to go and then and then you're starting to think well maybe we can get through this now you know yeah and then what happens as a restart and yeah. we give away a penalty <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and it was semi, I'm afraid. And there were three points down again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, you know, as so often, it's compounded. I've got to say, looking on the telly, and I, I, Pete, I'll come to you about the, the Hawkins yellow card. I, I do think he was really unlucky there. The way that the player yeah. fell into that tackle, I, I don't think there was a lot he could do. Um Yes, it, it it was high and, you know, absolutely a penalty. But I think of all the incidents, because Leua got clobbered, which they never um, yeah. they never looked at, the TMO. Um, I don't know, what was your thoughts at the ground there on that, that Hawkins yellow? <sighs> to be honest, mate, I was, I was, I don't know, because I think, I don't know what, I don't think I saw it because I was just, my head was all over the shop because... We had, I think we had just broken. I think it was because after that penalty that Semi gave away and they went to 27-24 and then I think we broke from deep and we like we did that thing where we went 50 metres, link, I think Randranja linked up with Randall, linked up with Thacker and then gets to the line and we're some, and I think it said we were somehow stripped and they break out. I just thought this is. I, I, my head was all. My head was gone. Then it's like, what? How many times have we watched this as well? Not just giving away penalties, mm. not just knocking on, but getting a meter from the line and not scoring. And that is that has been another feature of this season, which mm. has been, you know, a I mean, gonna, one. And then, and then I think I got. I just that, heard yeah. whistle go, and I saw Hawkins trotting off, and I thought, and I looked at the clock, and it was um, sixty-seven, and I thought, hang on a minute, sixty-seven. Uh, that's only we're only going to have three minutes now with one man advantage, and um, that was that oh, was we, when I knew I just felt it had gone again. We, we, we should we Tony, we should mention one thing that you wouldn't have seen on the TV is actually the lack of the referee stopping that clock as well when there was interruptions because yeah, that, that clock uh, at least four were, or five we were, times the clock continued we to run. We were raging yeah. about the time wasting, and sh- I mean, I yeah, it was it was. I just felt annoyed that I was getting so annoyed with stupid <laughs> yeah. things then, then I was just getting annoyed with everything with everything and uh, but the time wasting and the not stopping the clock straight away it was just you know and they say oh fans you know they, and there were some comments afterwards that it wasn't a nice atmosphere and that you know sometimes it gets a bit football-y it's like well what do you expect you know we, this is an emotional situation we're in here and it is very hard to um to kind of keep that emotion in check when um, and I we, think it's it, not our we hadn't put ourselves into that situation as fans and yeah it was uh, no, so I, I feel kind of I did feel a bit bad the next day because I think I got really angry <laughs> like I've really felt like my head was about to explode and I thought why am I getting so angry about something that really doesn't really mean anything in the scheme of things but you know well, it's the, just the, frustrating the, the reason the reason is Pete is because like this I mean this, this wasn't one off game was it how, how many times well, have we gone through the same process this season? You know, it's, it's just... But, it but is you know like what got me really day. angry? Just go on about it. Is it wasn't so much the ref not stopping the thong and sale, you know, because I would have done the same if I was sale. It was the fact that they were in that position to do it at that point in the yeah. game. Like, we had let them get into that position to time waste. It's like, we should, yeah. we should have been away. 
And that's yeah. what really got me going. No, absolutely. I think, you know, it was built up, wasn't it? That, you know, um, this was, our season was down to this, the Champions Cup. We were going to give it a really yeah. good go. We got some of the big guns back. We'd done the difficult job, you know, getting a narrow win up at uh, Sale. Yeah. Um, we're there playing them. Uh, we've got a one-man advantage. They've had a man sent off. Um, and then with eight minutes to go, we give away another penalty. All of a sudden, they're 24-30 up. Um, and then, well, you've got to say, the um, I think it was the debris kick for the um, their final try. Uh, an excellent bit of skill. Um, but, you know, we were lucky because... Really, I I think, and you know, the pundits on the TV were saying that should have been a penalty try because yeah, uh, yeah. you know the guy would have got it. Obviously, it bounced to John Joe Ross, and uh, he he dabbed it down. But you know, thirty five twenty four down. Um, yeah, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? We 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 were yeah. taking this beating from a team that had fourteen men. Yeah, it's embarrassing, team. Absolutely embarrassing, and I mean it, it does. It does lead you to the, the. You've got to ask the questions now. I mean, I think we'd all agree we've got players on that pitch, world class players on that pitch wearing a bear shirt. So there's there's something inherently wrong this season, isn't there? I mean, we we all agree on that. But we keep talking about learning every single game, and. At some point, we've got to ask if if the players aren't learning, right? Then, then there's an issue on the pitch. If the players are following the system that they've been taught to learn, then there's a problem with the coaching. So it's one or the other, isn't it? And for me, I'm not going to speak my head out and say as the players because you can see the commitment and the effort they're putting on in that. In the games, you, I mean, that's without doubt. I think we'd all agree on that, wouldn't we? Yeah, hundred so, percent. No, I, I don't blame. Nobody blames. I don't think we've ever seen heads go down this season. No, I not think we've all. seen heads go kind of like we don't know what we're doing. We've got yes. heads go confused, and that's that's the frustration. Is that yeah? That, and that makes me think that it's the system, and 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 we talk about the system. But it may be this. Well, we've mentioned this a few times. Is that maybe the system is just too unrealistic for what we've got for, for the players we have at the moment, um, and and that's what makes it so difficult for some of the players is that they they they're drilled into doing the stuff that they've got to do, but then they realise they have these kind of existential crises on the pitches that I just don't think I can do it, and they don't yeah. know what else to do because they don't they've not kind of been given that flexibility as it were to or that confidence to think you know what I'm just going to change the narrative because this ain't working properly Uh, that's my worry I think the disappointing thing for me as well Pete is I absolutely agree that I think I mean players are kind of very metronomical now aren't they they're they're brilliant at being taught something and being able to deliver what they're taught but when we see other teams being able to adapt and we don't. That is the issue. We've had that all season. The lack of the plan B, the lack of a plan C. And but it, uh, but it's why is it? Down to coaching. it why is it that even even with two minutes to go, we were six points behind. So a converted try would yeah. have won us. Well, 
converted try, in fact, an unconverted try would have got us equal. So we would have gone into extra time. So we only had to score one try. And off the restart, Semi Randranger has the ball ripped off him in the tackle by J.D. Caprice, because I'm reading this at the moment, off the restart. Why is he getting the ball ripped off him off the tackle? Why is there not any... Why do we not know how to look after the ball at a time where... You know, we could have worked our way up the pitch. We could have got a penalty. We could have kicked the corner. Well, Why is our, our, one of our highest players getting the ball ripped off him? Well, let's let, mm. let, let's just finish off the game because obviously yeah, that uh, they, they'd scored the try. Andy Urin then uh, looked like he he was just about to to to, to pull a try back. Great covering tackle by Tommy Taylor, uh, just to make him knock on. Um, Morahan then uh, did get the try, didn't he, to make it twenty nine thirty five. Um, and then we had the um, yeah losing the ball from from the restart. Yeah, you um, needed an unconverted try to continue the game with a man advantage. Yeah, yeah. Like where that is the thing. Now I'm not saying I blame Semi for it. He, he was trying his hardest, but you know we didn't have the system didn't allow us to protect the ball. Like no, listen, when I, you want the system to work, is this is the, this is when it all mattered. Like, forget about no, like, this, the system working when you're miles ahead. This was the point where, okay, boys, we've got to do this. Now, you got, you know, Leicester did it when they played us on Boxing Day. They managed to pull it out. The Exeter managed to do it like for many seasons. This is so, I'm not blaming anyone, but I'm saying this is perhaps what we've got to realise is that we are a little bit further back than we are. No, I'm, 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 Tony, if you will allow me, I'm going to go one, one step further now. I think that's too polite, Pete, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, like, Without sounding like Rick Curl himself, I mean, I would say we we haven't we haven't seen the semi Ramrandra of you know old. I know the injury would have had a massive impact um, on him, but we, we haven't. I don't think we've got the semi that we that we signed initially. And if we're calling people out, I also think Kyle Sinclair as well. I I, I absolutely think that it's it's just. He's just not performed in a Bristol Bears shirt. And, you know, we can go right back to the whole COVID era and missing home and stuff like that. That's fine. But I don't think we're still getting the, the Kyle Sinclair now. I don't... You know what I mean? These are big players for us. They're on big wages. And I don't think we're getting our, our value for money out of them. Mm. You know? I, that's my own personal opinion, but I'm sticking to it. I watch the games every week. And... Something's wrong there, and I don't. I don't necessarily say. I'm not necessarily saying it is semi or Carl Sinclair. I think it is something wrong with the coaching setup, which is not allowing these guys to actually just let themselves to, to make themselves free and play on the pitch. And that's disappointing because the one thing we have kind of been sold is the idea of Bears running rugby. And last season, it was beautiful, wasn't it? We haven't had that this season at all. No, well, let's, you know, the the game was lost 29-35. I mean, full credit to Sale to, to actually pull that result off away from home, uh, having suffered a red card in the first half. But, you know, it was gift-wrapped by us. And, I, you know, I think questions do need to be asked around, uh, you know, some of the tactics. Um, na- name me any other professional sport where, um, you know, your star players, uh, if available, start start on the bench. Now, you know, 
I, I there's been lots of speculation after the game that you know Luatua, Ranranger, Piatau, they're not fit. But sure, you know, can we afford to have that many unfit players that maybe potentially can't do eighty minutes when some of the form players like Frisch? Uh, like the way Eden's been playing. And in fact, you yeah. know, we mentioned it earlier, Lane, uh, full back, uh, look, one of the best players in the first half. Um, you know, if if the guys aren't fit, then should should they even be on the bench? Um, and exactly. the, the only person making that decision is Pat and the coaches. Um, yeah. And I think we've just seen, you know, too many... <sighs> I don't. I don't know. Were, were we just overperforming last season? Were we lucky last season? Because um, you know, I tell you another thing as well. I was reflecting on, you know, that first season up, we finished ninth, so that's probably better than we're going to finish this season. Uh, and we barely box kicked the ball all season. Now it drove us nuts sometimes because we were running the ball from our own line, from our, you know. Um, well within our 22 but we were unpredictable we were dangerous um, and we were seeing some amazing rugby now often it went wrong um, but actually we managed to get to to ninth place and win more games probably than we're going to win this season have we just become I don't know have the tactics have we just gone in with the rest of them now with this box kicking game um you know where the, the spark just seems to have gone from our play this season. Yeah, we 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 don't seem to be we don't seem to lead anymore, do we? Because last season I got the impression when, the way we were playing, teams coaches of other teams would watch the way we were playing, and they would go, "That's the way. That's the way forward." You know what I mean? That's the way we can we can play, and it just feels like this season we we. We have we have done we have kind of regressed. We've said it for ages, but it does feel like it, I don't know whether it's Pat trying to get the balance of playing the free flowing rugby that that we all love with a bit of pragmatism and kind of balance. But it doesn't work for us, does it? We we know that, and that is not part of the system, is it? It's a system well, failure. If you're going to put a box kicking layer into your system, you've got to have a an elite. An equal amount of chase. You mm. have a good chase yeah. as well, and I mean that's so. Maybe that'll come next season because that's what I think is the problem. Box kicking per se is not necessarily a bad thing, and clubs do it a lot, as you said, Tony. But we don't appear to have, you know, we don't have that kind of the, the chase to go with it. And I mean, I think of I think of someone like Freddie Stewart or someone at, at Leicester. Who's you know. Who's, He's amazing in the air, and both in defence and attack, catching the but ball. Pete, you've, maybe maybe you've that's just, just something that's got to come. Maybe that we haven't, you know, we can't do everything at once. And uh, you know, we've put this box kicking strategy in without actually road testing it first, or or actually not getting it quite right. See, so maybe Pete, you have just done it straight away. You, you've just hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what we're talking about. We're box kicking. Well, we haven't we haven't got the players to, to follow that up. That's exactly what you just said. And it's like, so why are we doing it? If we know we haven't got those players to play that way at the moment, why are we doing it? Okay, okay boys. Uh, yeah, I, I, we, we're all feeling the pain. I, 
tell you what, it's a good job we didn't record this straight after the game. Otherwise, I think it would have come out with a, an 18 rating. Um, we, we managed to calm down a little bit. Um, let, let, let's talk about some of the player performances then. Um, Pete, I'm going to come to you uh, for the pack and Lee for for the backs. Uh, so, Pete, who who do you think um, who do you think stood out, or uh, who was mediocre in that uh, in that front eight? Well, there's only one bloke that stood out, and that's Joe Joyce. And I and I and I just think it's embarrassing for other players around him. And that's not disrespectful to Joe Joyce, but this is a guy that goes the full eighty most of the time, doesn't get injured, doesn't look like an athlete, and that's no disrespect to Joe Joyce. When he runs out on the pitch, he looks. But he has got legs, he's got gas, he's got power, he's got passion. And I hate using the word passion, but for once I'm going to use it. And if we had eight Joe Joyces in our pack playing like him every day, we'd be top of the table. Because our our, our forwards have been quite it'd be good in patches this season and they were good or you know, I'm not you know, they, they put the bodies on the line, there's no doubt about it. They they defensively they go for it. But you know, I just think so so he was you know he was the heart of everything that was good um, and I mean it was he, he built on his uh, his wonder break at Tottenham <laughs> uh, didn't he and he obviously realised that you know he had to he had to make up for that, that forward pass at, at Saracens and decided just to do it on himself this uh, this week so what a try that was the little spin and turn and drive um, it's hard you know Hughes got stuck in but you know, he wasn't as effective as as Jeffries. You know, is a is a wholehearted sort of player and did everything he could, I think, to to try and change the narrative. But you know, we can't if we've conceded two tries. You know, two tries, two forward tries when they were down ten. They when Faftiklerk was off, we conceded two forward fo- focus tries from Sale. You've got to have a go at the forwards, and we, you know, and. Something, you know, it was them that, you know, nobody caught the ball in the restart in the second half. And so, you know, I'm sorry. I, I feel guilty because I know how hard that they work and I know how hard it must be, how painful it must be being a forward. But, you know, we're talking about the highest level here. So Joyce is the only one I really, and unless I've missed out someone obvious, um, I'm going to stick with Joyce really is the only forward I want to highlight. No, and I think, I think it, you know, the front row, <clears throat> Did struggle in that first half, didn't it? Uh, didn't they? Going backwards, we, and again, no offence. This is no disrespect, and, and I feel guilty, but we've got a. a, a we're not just an, an England international in the front row. We've got a lion. Like, and yeah. okay, he may not have other lions around him, but and we've got we've got some big units. Why is our scrum going backwards? Like, why is it? I know they're a big side, but you know, this is like it's not like we don't know that. Why is that? Why was our scrum go backwards? Well, the thing is, as well, I, you know, I, I would say that Afoa and Jan Thomas are probably the two best scrummagers in the club, and, and the fact yeah. that they didn't play from the start, you know, we might not have been giving away those penalties that allowed mm. Sale to build a, a fourteen-point lead at half time. Uh, and again, I know Thacker's not been perfect at the line out, but certainly when he came out, uh, came on, that 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 was all tightened up. Um, but. Yeah, and it, it, it worries me for next season that, you know, I know we've got some university lads that are coming in and that, that's got to be, you know, hopefully we'll uncover some rough diamonds there. 
Um, but when you think the the only real strengthening in that front row is Genge, and uh, yes, he'll bring passion, he'll uh, he'll he'll bring commitment, he'll bring something in the loose as well. Uh, but he'll also for bring, half the season. He'll bring an a, a, an empty locker for half the season because he'll 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 be away with England. Mm. I look at I look at someone like Seanert, and I know he got carded, but he's the kind of like a a a, a prop journeyman that I think he might have got close to England maybe once. And he was at Worcester, wasn't he, I think? And he's and he's gone to sale. But he's, you know, he's the sort of bloke we we, we need, really. Um, and we just don't, it does not feel like we have that. You know, just, just somebody like, they've got like that collier at Harlequins in the front row. Just blokes that just, you know, they just just know what they're doing. And, you know, no again, no disrespect to Max Laheef, but, you know, how much time has he spent on Instagram doing... And, and commentating and doing podcasts and whatever relative to ripping it up in the front row for us. And, you know, I don't know. I just think we need something. Oh, we've said this before. We need a bit of filth, mm. a real bit of filth in the front row. And like Jan Thomas has got that filth about him, but he can't play all the time, every position. Um, it's almost as if Sinclair has almost talked himself out of being as filthy as he used to be. And this is one of my worries is that Sinclair's actually become... <laughs> Like too nice a bloke, and or has been kind of that little edge from Sinclair is is gone a little bit, and that makes him a little bit ineffective. Yeah. Um, but but it's but it's not gone from when he plays for England, though, Pete. That's the thing. I mean, I, do, I don't know. Do you, yeah. do, you, do you think that Lee? I haven't seen him put in a sparkling uh, England performance for for a year or so. Well, okay, admittedly, I mean, but uh, you know, I think we could probably. Pick on one hand the, the best, that have had best game Sinclair has played this season. The best game Sinclair has played this season for us was the, the one after he didn't get picked for the Lions. Because yeah, that was he it. He was fuming yeah. mm. and he was angry. And his anger, he channeled his anger at the wreck, didn't he? And, and that was played. last season. That, that was, I know that was last but, season, but that, that's yeah, like yeah. what I remember. That was his best game. Yeah. And he was because yeah. he was emotional and he was angry. Yeah. And I think we've got to risk it. With, we've got to make him angry. He's, he's got to be on the edge. Sinclair's got to play on the edge. It's a bit like he should be. He's, he's a professional sportsman. He should be angry before he starts every game. Well, that's my whole yeah. point. Yeah. Anyway, so should we get on? Should we get yeah, on to the back? Yeah, let, 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 <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> move on to the backs. Go on then, Lee. Well, two players that stood out for me. I mean, we've already said Lane. I thought was was brilliant at fullback. Um, just a real proper honest player, and he, you know, and it played in his in his natural position. I thought I thought he was really good, and you know, I I, I can understand kind of to a certain degree um, bringing on the big name uh, at halftime, but I just thought yeah, it just seemed a bit harsh on things. I just thought actually he played really well, um, and the other one for me was again the wizard. Was uh, Morhan was I just thought he was brilliant. Um, it, it just always, always to coin Miles's phrase, solid and you know just Mister Reliable. And I think that um, those two stood out for me. But I think we've got to mention Randall had another shocker. I mean, consecutive shockers now, and you know it, it's really unusual. I don't think he's done that since since he signed for us, has he? But he did have a poor game again, and yeah, it, I mean, it wasn't it, it wasn't fantastic, was it? But those two names, I don't know if you boys kind of picked anyone else out from that, but 
they were the best two for me was Morahan and Lane. I thought I thought Callum Sheedy showed like glimpses of more confidence and, and trying to and he did try and change the the, the kind of the, the mount narrative a little bit at times. But you know we could have done with him kicking all his like all kicking all of his conversions and kicking. I mean there was that one penalty off the Aaron Reed red red card that he missed, didn't he? And and he just think I know it's difficult and. But to win big games, you've got to have everybody firing. Well, how many kicks into the twenty-two did we? Did we, we did. I'm afraid we did. This was something that that we were kind of joking about, weren't we, at the time? That every penalty out of the hand to go, you know, to, to to get us up the pitch was just barely making what we would consider to be enough distance. And you know, again, I, I go back to. We got big, but when Charles Pietar came on, we have a bloke with a massive left boot on the pitch. Yeah. And why is he not taking the ball off Callum Sheedy and saying, I'll stick it into the 22? Mm. Is that confidence? Is that because he's not allowed to? I don't know. Okay, boys. Well, let's let's move on. Uh, you know, a, a a miserable night, really, all told. Um, and uh, uh, let's let's draw a line under it there. You're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Well, if we needed a, uh, a reason to pick ourselves up and get a positive result. Uh, surely the Rifles Cup, it's uh, next Friday, the 22nd of April, uh, Bristol versus Gloucester in the league, 7.45 kickoff on BT Sport. We're going to talk about that in a moment, but before we do, let's hear the latest of Pete's Premiership podcast or Pete's Premiership previews rather Um, and uh, that's with our good friends from the Cherry Jam podcast let's listen to that now Okay, brilliant. Well, I'm really, really pleased to be joined by Ed from uh, Cherry Jam Podcast, the Gloucester Fans Podcast. We've spoken uh, a few times before, Ed, so I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. Um, so it's quite a while ago we spoke earlier on in the season. Uh, Gloucester, uh, you know, got their revenge on us. Um, so, and also we've actually had a game against your uh, your kind of second team in the Premiership Cup that that also. Uh, went your way. Um, so how would you summarise, you know, where Gloucester is at the moment? I think you're seventh in the table, pushing for maybe a top four. Interesting to know how you feel, how it's all going. Yeah, we're seventh at the moment. Um, of course, that is a slightly um, misleading position because we, we are still awaiting the result of the, um, the the Worcester game that got cancelled. We're expecting, I think most Gloucester fans are expecting that to be a five-point win. So that would put us fifth, two points behind Exeter with a game in hand. Um which would give us a, a really good chance to get into the top four. We've got some big games coming up. We've got obviously you guys are, uh, on, on Friday night. Then we've got Bath, um, Quinns, and then Saris is our final four games. So they're, they're, they're difficult games. Um, overall, I think obviously when I first came on on your pod uh, over a year and a bit ago, um, I think it, I think a few of you were doing welfare checks uh, for me because um, it was really really depressing as a Gloucester supporter. It has progressively got better and better, and um, I, you know the, the performances generally have been very good. Um, I think there's been a continued frustration that outside of the rolling mall, we haven't had a huge amount of um, back play. But when you're scoring two three tries a game from your rolling mall 
do you really need a, an expansive backline? Um, but it would be nice to see that. I mean, we've just come off a, a fantastic win against Northampton in the in the Challenge Cup and actually playing some decent rugby, which was really, really refreshing. Um, and I think overall, most Gloucester supporters are quite happy. I mean, far happier than we were this time last year, let's put it that way. I was going to say, I mean, you look about 10 years younger from the first time that I, uh, <laughs> I spoke to you. It's, it's amazing what a, a run of results can do for you. Um, yeah, it's interesting you, you mentioned, uh, you know, you're rolling more because we, we experienced that with your kind of second string team uh, in the Premiership Cup recently. Yeah. Um, and actually it just got me thinking, you know, about this, these lads that you've got coming through. I mean, they obviously haven't got, had a lot of game time, but they look like a really, really cohesive sort of unit. And I mean, does that give you a lot of hope for the future? Yeah, I think in a, in a way it was a double edged sword last year where we, we had a lot of injuries and a lot of players that weren't available. Um, and one of the benefits of that and was the fact that a lot of these guys who, who played against Bristol in the um, Premiership Cup, a lot of them have had actually quite a, few, quite a few minutes of Premiership rugby previously. They haven't had a huge amount this year because, again, we've had a lot of um, continuity generally in the forwards. Um, but, but but what is encouraging and one thing that we've never really had before is that uh, you can clearly see the coaching um, is being done across all age groups. So they're all playing the same style of rugby. Um, it isn't that long ago that I remember going to watch Gloucester United games, you know, the, the A-League games, and we were playing, they were playing an entirely different style of rugby to the first team. So if you're ex- expecting someone to step into that first team role, having not really played the, the same structure or, or, or style of rugby, it's quite difficult. Whereas now, I, I do feel that a lot of these guys, these young guys, they're able to step into a position the, the club are, you know, are clearly saying that a few of these lads are definitely going to be playing in next year. Um, the way the salary cap is going to have to reduce. Um, I mean, we've, we've done a lot of our work up front. So a lot of the players would, were re-signed last year. Um, but the, you know, the, the salary cap reduction means that the way forward is going to be academies. And I think that's been a really encouraging sign that maybe Gloucester, at least for the first couple of, maybe the next couple of years, have got a bit of an advantage on some of the other teams like Sale, like Bristol, um, and um, and maybe even Leicester, in that that we've got a lot of these academy guys coming through now uh, that have got some experience. Yeah, I mean, I think credit has to go to to George Skivington for that, doesn't he? I mean, he was a young coach, and he, he had a kind of what I seem to remember a bit of a shaky start, but he clearly has has, has set his uh, stall out and, and made his mark to coin a cliche. Um, I mean, do you think he's going to add anything to to your kind of forward dominated game plan as the time goes on? Well, we've, we've already, I mean, we, we have seen glimpses as throughout, throughout the season and certainly up until Christmas, gradually as the season went on, we became more and more, uh, there's more and more attacking flair added to it. I think the problem over the last maybe two, three months was that we, we had a combination of, um, a disjointed, uh, set of fixtures. So we had, a, you know, the internationals, uh, the fact that we went from Premiership Cup and European games and then back to the league. We had a couple of cancellations and games and weeks missing. And then build in the fact that we had injuries and players going um, off for internationals. So I think he then reverted to a very narrow style of play, which also I think didn't help the fact that we didn't have necessarily the, 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 the key personnel that were very good at that type of play. People like Chris Harris, people like Mark Atkinson. Uh, we do need to strengthen that in that area to help with our attacking uh, play. Mm. Uh, they're crucial. I mean, uh, if those guys play, generally we play very well and we normally win. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're the really key positions. Um, and I think the only other thing would be nice to see is 
and we saw it again on, on Saturday, this, this Saturday, was we started uh, with Charlie Chapman at nine. Um, and I think most Gloucester fans probably would, to, to one degree or another, would agree that Charlie Chapman is the number one nine. He should be our starting nine. And it just it, his in, in, introduction of pace into the game, just across the field, it makes a huge difference to the way that Gloucester play. Um, and I think I, that's really hoping that he, uh, he took a bit of a knock quite early on in the game on Saturday. So hopefully he's run that off and um, he'll be available for Friday night. Well, that leads us on nicely to uh, to the game. I mean, we're we our last kind of hope of anything exciting died a death at Ashton Gate on Friday against Sale in the Champions Cup. Um, you know, we, we're in 10th. We're unlikely to get any higher than that, um, but we've still got four games to go. Um, how do you see the game going? Do you think that you're, you know, you're, you're going to be confident to beat us or do you think you might get a bit of a backlash from, from the Bears? I mean, the, the game earlier in the season, it, it was won and lost in the forwards. And I would imagine that Gloucester will look to keep it tight. There'll be a lot of box kicking. So just pre-warn everybody now. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, that's why I kind of think maybe, although we'd love to see Charlie Chapman, I think his box kicking is better, but I think George Givington prefers Ben Meehan for that job. Um, I think that um, I would expect Gloucester to be very forward orientated. We'll look to capitalise on mistakes in, in, in midfield where, you know, knock-ons, penalties that Bristol do tend to give up a lot of ball in midfield. Uh, kick to the corner and um, the, let the fun begin. Really, um, with the number <laughs> with the rolling ball, uh, it's not the prettiest style of rugby. And I'll be honest, if I could have my way, I would like to see you know nine Simpson Daniels out there and it, wonderful steps galore. But it isn't half satisfying seeing a Bristol or a Bath pack re- retreating at a rate of knots. That's quite fun to see as well. Yeah, fair play, fair play. Okay, so to finish off, let's get your prediction. I'm going to go for a score prediction from you, Ed, rather than just okay. a result prediction. I think, well, it's, I've got a feeling we're going to get four tries. So I'm going to say it's probably going to be like 33, 34, 25, because we do concede still, we still concede too many points. So 33, 34, 25. And I think it probably quite close to the end. And then we might get a, a try just to secure it. Brilliant. Sounds like another miserable night at the gate for us Bears fans. Anyway, <laughs> brilliant. Look, I really appreciate your time. It's great to hear from you. And uh, I believe you're in uh, Birmingham watching Dua Lipa tonight. So, I uh, am indeed. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it uh, for yeah. many reasons. Um, but yes, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, enjoy yourself and, and, and thanks very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Pete. Well, always good to hear from uh, Ed, isn't it, Pete? And... Uh, yeah, I, I see you got a sneaky one in there saying he was on his way to a Dua Lipa concert. Yeah, he was already there. He was in his hotel room. In fact, it was one of those ones I actually recorded it only about two hours before this pod. And uh, so I recorded it on Zoom in my awning, wearing my welly boots and my uh, um, dry robe. And uh, he was in his <laughs> hotel room in Birmingham waiting to go to Dua Lipa. And we both Keep kind it of fresh. We did. We kind of mused on the uh, the absurdity of fan based podcasting. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, nice to chat to him. Always good. Always yeah, good. yeah. And of course, the tables have turned somewhat because we had that yeah. uh, glorious run against Gloucester for a couple of seasons, yeah. didn't we? Um, and uh, he's pretty confident with a uh, a, a thirty three points to twenty five prediction and uh, a, a bonus point win for them. Um, yeah, and, he re- and I think he thought they'd all come from from driving balls. Absolutely. Well, let's let's get down to the nitty gritty then. Uh, Pete, I'll come to you first then. Um, 
what what does Pat do? Effectively, our season is over. We're out of the Champions Cup. We're out of the Premiership uh, Rugby Cup. Um, we have only got four games left. We're unlikely to get higher than 10th. Uh, worryingly we could go go further down uh, is it a full strength team for each of the four games that are left or with the fact that there's no relegation and the pressure's off is this a time to uh, test some of the uh, players around the fringe your thoughts on uh, what kind of team Pat will pick against Gloucester well it's a, it's a hard one isn't it I, I, personally my instinct is that we've got to pick the strongest team we've got it's owed like fans that went there on Friday are are owed a strong team from the get-go because it was not a good experience for fans Um, so I think on that basis alone he's just got to fight he's got he's got to do a traditional selection where you pick all your best players in all the positions and you pick people on the bench that will come on and take over and and I suspect that you know that we will see a backlash. So, and I think if you're going to have a backlash, you need big players to be whipping that that lash. So, talk on the lash. Then, uh, who who, who, <laughs> do you, who do you see coming in? Oh, if they're fit, I'll start. Yeah, I mean it's hard actually. I mean, you know, Steve Lewis too. I mean, we've got to get a good first half. You know, and we just pick Steve Lewis too. If you if you can't do eighty minutes, take him off and bring someone else on after sixty. Charles Piertow, you know, as, as good as Lane played, I've got to say, I feel a bit sorry for Lane, but, you know, Piertow's got to start. Um, I still think, I'm, I'm not keen on, I'm not keen on Sammy at centre. I just think Frisch, whatever, I do, we don't know what's going on, but I, I think all fans would say we want to see him back, playing at inside centre at least. And then if that means Sammy starts outside or, well, you know, why not stick Stemmy on the wing, see what happens. Um, Luke Morahan got a start if he's if he's still fit. I think I think Harry Randall's got given a chance. Has got to be given a chance to start again as well because he is our number one scrum half now. And Uren is coming back from injury, but perhaps we go back to what we used to do was is maybe give them almost a half each. I think Harry Randall needs an opportunity to you know he's a top class player and he, he'll want that opportunity to go out and 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 have a good you know vanquish some of those demons of the last two games. So. You know, Sinclair has got to start, I think. Or maybe not, actually, now thinking about it. I think maybe we start with John Afoa, just get a solid... You know, we know we're up against it, against Gloucester, so it'd be better off just to get in there straight away than, than wait until we're kind of 27 nil down before we do it. And, and Lee, your thoughts, do you think... Uh, what, what what changes do you see? No, I mean, I, I, I kind of... I do think Pete's... Quite, you know, probably right. They, they, Lamb will probably put in a few of the big names for me. If I would start, Dan Thomas would probably come back in. Yeah, where's, um, where's he been? Love yeah, him. again, we we don't know, do we? But I mean, what I would say though, Tony, is it, right at the start of this little segment, you just said the season's over for us now, and you know, I think now is the perfect opportunity. Europe's out of the way. I think it's the perfect opportunity to put in some of these youngsters that are on the fringe, on the cusp of first-team rugby. Um, and there's no better opportunity now for these boys to come in without any pressure, um, you know, without any... Um, you know, even I, I would even sacrifice losing games at this point now um, to bring some of these youngsters in and see how they perform. 
Um, so I, I and I do think that we can't just throw a load of youngsters in. Um, so I think a, a kind of a, having some experience all the heads in that team's a base, and then with youngsters, I think that 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 for me for the for the last four games of the season would be the way forward. I just think we've got nothing to lose and everything to gain by it. Yeah, I do wonder if there's somebody in the marketing department looking at season ticket sales that might say, actually, boys, we could really do with putting in a performance and getting a win against Gloucester. Um, I don't know. I mean, if players truly aren't fit, I wonder if some of those that were on the bench might not be on the bench. If they are fit, then I agree with you, Pete. We need to get them in. We need the Piatows in. We need the Luatuas in. Um, I, 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 you know... Frisch for me needs to come back at inside centre. You know, I kind of sem- semi bought the argument about Bedlow being able to deal more with uh, Tuolangi, but uh, to be honest, Frisch was making things happen in attack um, yeah. and was also a big tackler. You know, he yeah. his, his tackling stats weren't weren't that bad. Um, so uh, I, I, I think we'll see a few changes, but I do think one or two of the youngsters will maybe come in on the bench uh, and Pat will have a look at. Now, it's may, whether it's some of these that, uh, that, that, that are staying that uh, maybe we thought weren't going to stay uh, to see if they can, uh, they can cut the mustard a bit more. Um, but, you know, it's the Rifles Cup, it's Gloucester. They're going to bring a lot of fans down, I would imagine, on Friday. It's an important West Country derby. To be honest, if we were going to win one out of the remaining four games of the season, if you asked me to pick, it would be Friday night against Gloucester. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, agreed. And, uh, you know, yeah. you, you look at the running that we've got, though. We've got to play Leicester away, haven't we? We've got to play Sale away. We've got Gloucester at home. We've got Exeter at home. And I think they're all going to be, well, they're all kind of top six teams and they're all going to be going all guns firing, not only for the win, but probably trying to uh, get the bonus point as well. So, um, But but Tony, just think, if we bring bring a couple of youngsters in and they have a couple of blinding games with, with no fear factor... The season ticket renewals for next season is like, look what we've got to look forward to. You know what I mean? On top of the experienced heads, we've got these these boys coming through the system. Just think, you know, give them, give them a blast. Yeah, I, I think it will help. I don't know if it will really get some of the wavering fans to uh, to, to, to put their hands in their pockets to, to, to cough up the extra money. Um, but, uh, boys, fingers crossed uh, that we can... Well... Do you know, just put in a decent performance as well. Because I think like any sports fan, if your team loses to a better team, but, you know, you've played as as well as you can, tactically and physically... Fans go away happy, maybe maybe not ecstatic because they haven't got the result, but it, it, it's it's the frustration, isn't it, that we've had this season that so many of these games, it's been down to poor execution or tactics that have cost us winnable games. Learnings. Well... I think that's a phrase that needs to be banned. And yeah, Pete, I mean, I, I think, agree. I th- Pete, I think we were talking about off air, weren't we? That actually wouldn't, wouldn't it be refreshing for Pat to come out and say, actually we weren't good enough. We got it wrong. You know, we'll hold our hands up. 
um, we, we, we seem to have the very same scripted response uh, every after each game that, uh, you know, each game we've lost. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that every now and again, there's nothing, there's no shame in holding your hands up and, and not holding your hands up in a defeatist sort of way and so on, but holding your hands up in a, yeah, got all that wrong. Uh, I, you know, we've underachieved. I take a lot of responsibility for that, but my my sole purpose in life is to make sure that next season it doesn't happen again. And that would probably be enough to see keep the, everybody happy. See, the thing is, Tone, like for me, is, you know, when Pat Lamb was at Canark, he. he no like, way. Yeah, you, you know, you, you, you know, I can never pronounce it. <laughs> you can never pronounce it. When, when he was uh, in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, when he was in, when he was in Galway. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he had that, you know, he, 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 I mean, from reports that we, we heard and speaking to obviously our friends over there and, you know, it was, uh, Pat had got the community on board and, you know what I mean? Everyone was kind of singing off the same hymn sheet. I just wonder if he's kind of, misjudged his audience a little bit because I mean we've all noticed that like the kind of that things have gone backwards in terms of we don't know what's going on so much on the pitch and and um, how things are kind of put to us as supporters you know as the audience I just wonder if Pat's just missing a trick a little bit you just hit the nail on the head earlier about just a little bit of honesty you know, a little bit of like, there's nothing wrong with putting your hand up and saying, look, that wasn't, that, we were awful. That was crap. You know, I'd, I'd, mm. I'd like Pat to say, look, I've made yeah. mistakes. I've made mistakes. And, we, you know, we'll sit down, we'll rectify them. Don't keep coming out saying we'll learn. We'll, you know, we've got learnings to work on. Let's just think, yeah. have a little bit of honesty. Come on. I mean, I think he hinted at it a little bit. And, and straight after a game, it isn't easy, to be honest, to, to, to get that balance if you're kind of still quite emotional. I mean, I suppose, you know, we need to recognise the fact that, that on Wednesday they've got the kind of open training session, haven't they, Tone? And, uh, and you know, that did kind of imply there was some sort of Q&A. So maybe, you know, we don't want to kind of, you know, maybe we... we Wait. That might no, we're sending, no, we're sending up there. Well, we're sending Rip Curl, aren't we? Rip <laughs> Curl's going up. <laughs> so, but, but you know, so I think maybe we've got to be a bit careful that we could sort of say all this stuff and then find out that on Wednesday, you know, after everything's settled down a little bit, there may be a bit of uh, clarity, as it as it were, for that. But yeah, I mean, I, and, and I mean, there have been some silly. I think there have been some unnecessary calls from certain areas about Pat Lamb out and all this sort of thing. And I think that's very premature because, you know, we can yeah. see what we're trying to do when we've all been, we've all bought into this and we can see what we're trying to do as a club. And, you know, we've had, we've had a great season followed by not great season. So you've got to at least give someone more a chance to get, you know, to carry on and build it back again. So, um, but I think we need some sort of sign just to kind of help us on our way. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, uh, one bad season doesn't mean it's a, a, a bad setup. No. 
having said that, you know, I think people will will be looking for some big improvement that that first couple of months of the uh, next season. You know, if if it's still more of the same, uh, then you know, with a, a season to get or off season to get people fit and to work on tactics to have the new players integrated. Um, you know, hopefully it's just one of those things where if it did go wrong. Uh, or if it could go wrong, it did go wrong this season. Well, that's it for this show. I'm sorry that we lost the last bit of the podcast recording. However, we will be back next week with our review of the Gloucester game and a preview of the Bears' trip to Leicester. Until next time, goodbye, stay safe, and come on, Briz.